is and what to expect, or as I like to say, <laughs> what did you expect? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's got to be, I mean, it's a big, it's a big subject, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So this is a good one for uh, people I hope you're in. Yep. Uh, so we just want to thank you for being here today. Uh, Tom and I are going to talk about today. Welcome here, Tom. Nice to see you again. You too, Robbie. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. We have a lot of fun with this show, don't we? And I love this. This is so much fun. And we get we get a lot of comments from people about what we do and what we talk about. And uh, we're just thankful to have the opportunity to help as many people as we can out there dealing with cancer. So absolutely. And we want to thank everybody who's who has listened and who is listening. And and thank you ahead of time for uh, for getting it out to friends and family that uh, you think might not it might be a good idea for them to listen, maybe uh, and get involved themselves. Yep. Uh, I yep. want to say hi to a few people out there. Some rock star friends of ours. Uh, Lisa, of course, uh, Lisa's doing well. She just passed her exam for a uh, an insurance license, so way oh, to cool. go, uh, Lisa. I know there's more to it than that, I'm, I'm, and I apologize. I don't recall what exactly it's called, but I know well, she worked real hard studying to get that done. Uh, so way to go, Lisa. Um, Carol, Carol, we know you're out there. You got uh, yes. you got through your got through your uh, treatment and uh, in the recovery process right now can't wait till you're back to 100 percent as well i know a lot of hard-headed women but i believe you take the cake now for us absolutely <laughs> uh robbie how's things at your house tell us uh everything's going good uh we got good news from my wife julie no no uh no malign no malignancy noted which was a nice thing she's got a a mass by her adrenal glands some smaller ones throughout but hey that's life uh they're not dangerous they're not um gonna kill her uh, so that was good news. That's Found great that news. out within a two-week span. So it is possible out there today. You don't have to wait two months, three months sometimes to get diagnosis. Uh, if it's going along with your facility, talk to them. They have the same technology that everybody else has. Right. Maybe they're just not using it in the right way yet. So talk to them. If you want your results sooner, let them know. There, there are ways that you can get access to these results a lot quicker than waiting two weeks, three weeks sometimes. Sure. We want to say hi to uh, people who have joined us. Rachel, how are you? My wife, uh, love you. The lovely Rachel. Glad for, glad to hear you. Glad to see you with us. Yep. Phil Noserino, we are still praying for your wife. Uh, we know yes. things have been kind of difficult there. Know that, that not only us, but our audience is on your side. We're, we're here praying with you. Yeah, uh, contact us. If you need to talk, just contact absolutely. us. Absolutely. Uh, we want to we shout out to Gary Hackney. He's had mm -hmm. a couple of things happen in his house. We are... Uh, we are we are praying for uh, his wife and, and yep. for Gary as well. Yeah. So keep him in your prayers with us, please. Yeah, they've got a lot of things going on right now, and uh, they're both tough people and uh, fighters, and wish them the best. Absolutely, absolutely. So that being said, we are uh, we're going to jump in today. We're uh, we're uh, we got a couple of things to talk about in terms of pancreatic cancer, which, as you know, is a big one. Uh, we've got some links that. Uh, that Robbie was kind enough to get up on the show to help follow us up. So, Robbie, uh, take us in that direction. Let's get started Yeah, we, we both know pancreatic cancer survivors. You know, you hear pancreatic cancer, and I have lost friends within a year to this disease. Uh, so I know that this is a very difficult disease. Um, it hides very well. You think you're having stomach problems. You're having digestive problems, uh, other things. And it, it, sometimes it's hard to diagnose that, uh, that it's pancreatic. Uh, but we want to encourage you to continue to get testing if you don't know what's going on with your body and it doesn't heal itself within 30 days you need to keep talking to those doctors and keep pushing until you do know what's going on in your body uh, we put up some links like i said uh, for pancreatic cancer this this month is pancreatic cancer awareness month i believe november november 15th is uh world pancreatic cancer day 
So make a note of that. Uh, go online just like we did. I mean, we're not the brainiest people in the world, but we were able to find this information just by going on Google and punching what you want to know about it. Sure. Uh, and you can uh, you can get a lot of good information that way. Right. Um, and Gary Hackney just joined us. Hi, Gary. How are you? Glad hey, to Gary. have you with us, buddy. Yeah, I was I was reading this that you put up here and and uh, not jumping ahead of things, but one of the things that jumps right out at me, and I wasn't aware of this, I knew there was a lot of it, but it shows that uh, that pancreatic is one of the most prevalent cancers in the world. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I if you had asked me, I would have said it was probably lung cancer. But so again, lead us down the path here. Again, yeah, again, sure. that just jumped out at me, and I'm like, holy yeah, cow! We're gonna, I didn't know yeah, that. I don't like to. Neither one of us like to read off of paperwork a lot of times, but we want to make sure that we get the right information out to you. And some of the things that one of the websites that we went to. Um, PancreaticCancerAwarenessMonth.com uh, had six facts and figures for pancreatic cancer that a lot of people aren't aware of. The risk factors um, that that can that can ca- not cause it, but American Cancer Society says the average lifetime risk of developing cancer of the pancreas in both men and women is one in sixty-five. That's a high number when you think about it. That's Out of a every huge 65 number. Sixty-five people that you know, one of them's going to have pancreatic cancer. Uh, there are certain factors that make you more likely to to have that. Uh, a lot of the ones that risk factors include your age. Um, a good friend of mine was not that old. He was in his, I believe it was late 40s or early 50s uh, when he was diagnosed with it a few, several years ago, about about five years ago now. And um, it, he, w- he was gone in a year. I mean, it, it, cancer has that ability. You know, sometimes you see people, we, but, but yet we have friends that are still 5, 10, 15 years out survivors of pancreatic cancer. So... If you've just been diagnosed and you start looking at numbers, and those numbers can freak you out sometimes. So don't get hung up on what you're seeing on some of these numbers. They don't always take into consideration all the factors into that, the person's health to begin with, how long did it take them to get treatment or, right. or to even get diagnosed uh, to get treatment, <clears throat> you know, what, what was the follow-up like. It, there's a lot of factors in those numbers that you see. Uh, when you see high numbers in death rates of cancers, a lot of times it's because of late diagnosis. Uh, people just don't realize they have it or they put off, you know, thinking it's something else. So stay vigilant. You don't have to be obsessive about testing, but stay vigilant about it. Right. And that's and that's the thing. And I uh, want to welcome uh, Phil Noserner. We just talked about yes. him a second ago. Uh, he writes in, I'm here at the hospital with my wife in ICU. Last Monday she had a stroke and a heart attack in two emergency surgeries and had to remove her small intestine. So, like I said earlier, Phil, we're, we're praying for you and for her and the rest of your family. Yes. And, and those of us uh, from the show and audience of the show, we're here with you as well, uh, praying for her quick recovery. Yeah, we, we, we want to thank you for sharing that with us. A lot of people, you know, they don't like to share what they're going through. And we are big believers in doing that. That's the only way other people are going to know um, that you can make it through this thing. And it's not always good news that we have to share. This is not the greatest news that we wanted to hear about your wife we want her well and healthy right and uh just let her know that when it feels hard to carry that load just imagine all of us out here carrying that load for you and it's okay if you want to take a break for a minute and take a breath absolutely you don't have to carry that load by yourself all the time absolutely and and going back to what you just said and i and and i've said this many many times if you get diagnosed and they say it's pancreatic cancer yeah you know, we have a tendency as people to try to gain information, 
and I've said yeah. this many times. That was my first response. Tom, you got stage four head and neck cancer. Holy crap, what is that? What does that mean? And uh, and like I say, I, I Googled, I read, I did this, I that. By the time I was done, I was sure I had about four hours left on this <laughs> planet. Uh, so m- my point is don't go crazy listening right. to everything and trying to find everything out. Listen mm-hmm. to your doctors. I was thinking that when as I'm telling people to go and you can get some of this information, I'm like, eh, just be careful out there with that because right. too much information is too much information sometimes. That's right. That's take, right. It in, take it in stride. Take it in little gulps. Don't try to get everything. Don't try to learn everything you need to know about this thing, you know, in the first week or so that you find out you're dealing with it. Right. Uh, s- they say some cases could be genetic. Now, it's uh, genetic mutations that include hereditary breast and ovarian cancer syndrome, uh, familial melanoma, pancreat- pancreatitis, neurofibromatosis type 1. Uh, so, there's, so there are <coughs> ways to inherit this syndrome and the gene for it, just as are, are with probably most cancers. It's all genetic right. to begin with. Um, so that's just to let you know that there are certain factors, but what we tell people is go out and try to live as healthy a life as you can. My, my idea, my goal in life is to be as healthy as I can when I die in mind, body, and spirit. I don't want to be all sick and dragged out for six months to a year. I want to be healthy in those pl- those places. So that's our goal is to try to be as healthy as we can. Right. And uh, right. just just knowing your body and staying on it uh, is, is your best, best thing that you can do for yourself. Right. Our buddy Gary in Singapore says good morning good early morning from yes. singapore gary thank you for joining us uh he joins us about every week and uh i don't know what time it is in singapore but i understand early so if you got yeah. up early to hang with us we sure appreciate it man we love you yes we do we, ho- we hope we keep giving you good information on this um uh, another thing that they talked about one of the uh, six things they talked about was that there were fifty thousand new cases a year that, that's a lot of it is a lot of diagnosis it is and Again, it always goes back to early detection with any of these cancers. If something's going wrong with your body, please get to the doctor. Please get the testing done. Don't go, well, I'm afraid of what I'll find out. Well, you're only going to find out two things. One, I don't have anything, and I'm going to feel really good because I know I'm healthy. Or I'm going to find out I have some cancer, and I'm going to feel good in my mind because I caught it. Because if you have it, you're going to know it, whether you like whether it's at your time frame or the cancer's time frame. If you have it, you're going to know it eventually. <laughs> there, there's Gary. It's 2 a.m. on Wednesday morning. So what I got to say of that is he really enjoys this show or he drank too much coffee the day before. <laughs> yeah. Either way, thank you, Gary. Thanks for joining with us. Yes, we appreciate you being there. The, uh, yeah, the thing, that I, the thing that I noticed, and I was you know, kind of reading this as well, 338,000 cases of pancreatic cancer in just 2012 so we're talking six years ago my guess is that number hasn't gone down uh, but that's an extremely uh, large amount of of diagnosis that says it's one of the most prevalent cancers in the world i would not have guessed that myself i I would have thought it was lung or or breast breast cancer cancer, you know uh, lymphoma blood cancers things like that um it's a horrible disease. I, there's no good cancer, but I've seen a f- good friend go through it and not make it, and um, it's just a terrible disease. It affects your digestive system, basically. So when you can't eat properly, you don't maintain your strength, you don't do a lot of the things. It, it's hard to fight right? Uh, when you don't have the strength to fight. Right, um, and, and kind of 
and kind of doubling back on what something Robbie just said, you know, if you don't feel right or you, something feels wrong, you know, and, you, and you, you're afraid of what you're going to hear, well, I, and I say this from the other side of the coin, too, don't be too tough to find out what's wrong, too. Ah, yes. hell, don't worry about it. It'll yeah. go away. Um, I'm, I'm the guy who raises my hand over that. Uh, you know, I got a headache. Well, you know, a headache will go away. Uh, my throat hurts. Well, that'll go away. T- if it ain't right, it ain't right. Go find out what's wrong. Uh, they say it often causes symptoms too late. Um, <clears throat> some cancers, ovarian is one of those types also that very hard to detect. You don't really think that's what it is. Uh, I was just talking with a par- patient the other day who had gone through that and uh, not a very big person, and it took her almost two years to get a, a, a right diagnosis of what sure. she had. Sure, and that has to be frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll talk a little bit about my friend um, Curtis that was – a great guy. He loved to golf. He was a, uh, a radio, I mean, a TV operator. He, he worked downtown at a couple of the different TV stations, the overnight shift, and he let me come down there with him every once in a while and look around, and he was just a great guy. And then during the day, we would go golfing, and he'd always talked about what he was going to, you know, he was going to work the senior tour. When he got off, when he retired, he was going to be a, a pro-am golfer. And sure. Just, he just had such high hopes and everything. He was just such a full-of-life person, and then he just started feeling – uh, bad and tired and all that and he was just getting he had been working as a, a day hire for the last five or six years with one of the major tv stations downtown and they were finally offering him a, a full contract insurance and everything and it was the same week that he found out he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he called me he's like i don't know what to do rob should i tell him should i not i'm like well they're gonna know either way uh so i think they're gonna be you know, what, whatever their decision is, you have to be upfront and honest with them. Right. And they did end up giving him a full contract, even though they knew he was he had pancreatic cancer. Uh, so he had full coverage, full retirement, everything um, w- when he did pass after that year. And I, I, th- I just thought that was very admirable of them to Absolutely. step up like they did. Absolutely. And uh, help, uh, help that person at that time. And he was just such a wonderful person. Big smile. I don't know if he ever finished a whole sentence in his life. He was always from one thing to the next, just right, bouncing around right. like a big kid. We called him Odie because he was just like that dog. He just all over the place. Um, you know, that, that's the one of the things that we have a biggest problem I have with cancer is that it snuffs out sometimes so much life in people. And that's up to us. We're all going to be memories at the end of this whole thing. And depending on how we treat ourselves and others, it's going to be bad memories or good memories. Right, right. And uh, let's just continue to try to be good memories for people and let our legacy continue when we're gone and you're gone. Uh, If this is what we had when we left, let's let's not let that moment of physical loss be the end of that person's life. Let's continue that legacy uh, when we know how they fight, so. Sure, sure. Yep. So, so the, uh, that, that's, that brings us kind of to our next, uh, our next subject. You know, here we are and, I'm shaking my head because I'm like, what happened? It was just February, um, and now we're past Halloween. We're halfway through the football season. Uh, The frost has already killed the bugs. So now people are talking about the holiday season, and I guess so. It's, what, the 6th of November? We're we're here. We're here. So let's talk about things that, you know, in in this particular realm, when when you're either dealing with cancer yourself uh, or you've got a family member. How does that change the holidays? What is, what is that? 
what extra pressure, what extra burden does that put on the holidays? Well, that can be a lot, especially somebody it, like me. I just opened their, a big can, didn't I? love their food <laughs> and their holidays and all that good stuff you get to eat. And uh, I remember sitting there thinking, I think I'm going to throw up from the smell of everything. My my sense of smell was so heightened during treatment and shortly after. It was amazing. I used to joke with my wife, I said, the cat's got to go to the bathroom. How do you know? I, I can smell them thinking about it. Right. It, it was just so heightened. And, you know, I was looking forward to Thanksgiving and everything, and the day came, and I woke up, and there was wonderful smells, I'm sure, to everybody else in the house, but it was just overwhelming to me. Right. Uh, it was weird. I just And it was smells that I had liked before, but for some reason that sense of smell was just so heightened that it was almost nauseating to me, and I didn't want to say anything to my wife. You know, your cooking's making me sick, <laughs> the smell of your cooking. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it, that was a big shock to me that uh, that it was going to hit me like that because I was kind of really looking forward to it as a bright spot through all the crap that you're going through at the time. Right. And uh, so, yeah, if, if that happens to you, that, that's not uncommon to to do that. A lot of times people sense the smell is real. I don't know about yours if it was. That has a lot to do with your sense of taste too. Right, right. And and I, my sense of smell was fine. <coughs> and my sense of taste by that time was starting to return. It wasn't back to 100% yet, but I could taste some things. Yeah. Uh, but the problem I had the, during the last holiday season was being unable unable to open my mouth wide enough to eat. <laughs> That's right. So here, you know, I'm like everybody else. You know, I want some turkey. I want some gravy. I want my sweet potatoes. And I can't open my mouth wide enough to eat them. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting in these little bits. And, of course, I still had some issues with the mouth being yeah. dry. So that makes swallowing that much more difficult. So it was a bit of a disappointment. And I know, I, I know how you feel. It's like <laughs> we're looking back in years gone by and we're looking at all this food. And oh, we yeah. can't wait to dig into this food. And then we do. And it's a disappointment. It's like, wow, that ain't right. <laughs> and, and and we know the people that cook that food are looking at us. It's like, they're looking at, is what? it good? You, like you like it? it? <laughs> I, you liked it last year. <laughs> it, it, it was tough. It, so, so if that's bothering you, that that's normal to feel that way. You don't have to sit there and force yourself to eat just because people want you to. Uh, sometimes it's hard enough to just eat. Right. Especially right. if you're right in the middle of treatments. But you all know that, that that nausea can be overwhelming sometimes. Yes, it can. And, yes, and it it's can. not enough to make you throw up all the time. It's just enough to keep you on the edge of that. Right. I called it like a, and I was never much of a drinker, but I can remember going out and watching my brother sing, and we wouldn't get done till 4 or 5 in the morning. And I imagine that, that you kind of have this 5 a.m. hangoverish feeling sure, sure. when you're going through that. And it's not pleasant to see all that food around and, and then everybody wants you to try to I, I remember not being able to stay up and in the room with everybody right i was so tired and exhausted and just you know i said i'm sorry guys but i gotta go lay down for a little while right oh we, we all just got here come on stay up you know it doesn't it doesn't really work it, that it's way it's not like it was up to <laughs> it me it wasn't my choice right, right. <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it, it changes things when uh and, and i guess my fam my family kind of got used to because i'm a I'm a guy that uh, on the weekends, even before I got sick, <laughs> I was a big fan of having my nap. Yeah, I'd take an hour on Saturday or Sunday or sometimes both, um, make it up for lost time, all those naps I wouldn't take yeah. as a kid. Uh, so I, they were kind of used to that, but it became more frequent. You know, I'd get up, 
I, you know, I'd hang around with them for a little bit, then I'd go back and lay down, and then I'd get up, and, and you know, I'm sure they had to get tired of seeing that. Yeah. Uh, Christina Parrish, thank you, fellas. Thanks for all you do. Thank you so much, uh, Christina. That is a huge compliment. We appreciate you listening with us. Yes, we were gonna. We we were one of the first links that we put up there was the Purple Found Purple Iris Foundation. dot org. That uh, Christina Parrish out in Maine is her. She's a. She say she's over ten year or ten year this I year. I believe ten years. Yes, ten year survivor of pancreatic cancer. A good friend of ours, and uh, she started that organization, Purple Iris Foundation, about two or three years ago, I believe. And um, if you can help her in any way in that, check that out. That's a great organization that she does. She's working now to, to start a program through her organization to help people who want to go out and, and do things like mountain climbing and hiking and things like that. Her organization is going to set up a, a program in their, in their organization to allow people to come to Maine and people that are live in Maine and go out and do these excursions. We've, a lot of us have had a chance to do that after treatment or during treatment. And it's really invigorating and empowering to know that I can still do some of these things. I may not be able to work six hours, but I can get out there and hike for three, maybe. Right. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's just another way of letting you know that you still have control over some of this thing. Right. So, Christina, we say thank you for all you do. Yes, very much. So, so back to the back to the holidays. So we 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 kind of put it out there what you know what it's like to go through it as a patient. Now, what about you know, how do you suppose that the, the caregivers and the families look at this? You know, here I'm, I like to cook. I was a, a cook and a chef for several years when I was younger, and I really enjoyed cooking. And uh, I can imagine having to, I, I remember how great it made me feel to know right away if I did something good for somebody or not. It's not right. like I made a part in a factory and I don't know where that thing went. Sure. You knew right then whether you did a good job or not. And I always love that. And so I can imagine how hard it is on somebody who spent six hours, eight hours that day, the next day preparing to this, this nice meal, hoping that you'll be able to eat and people coming over and, and, you know, and seeing that all is hard work and you still don't want it. Right. Yeah, that, that's got to be tough to take. But there's not a lot you can do about it. Uh, don't, don't let the things that you can't do at the holidays defines your holidays right that, that's the whole point to it right is what do we have control over i have control over. i can sit up here for a while and visit my family i can pick at that food i don't have to eat the whole thing nobody's going to be mad at you if you don't eat your whole plate of food that day right give yourself a break let yourself go in there and lay down for 10 minutes 15 a half hour whatever it takes and then get back up and set up for 10 and go lay down for another half hour right spend a little time with them. we don't have to do everything full hog like we did before we had cancer uh, you learn to regulate and take things in stride. I, I, that's one of the biggest things I had to do was learn to just relax. I can control some things. I was a big one that wanted to push the limits all the time and let's do this and let's do that and let's see what happens. And You have to kind of learn to control that a little bit and say, okay, I've got this much energy. Where do I want to put it today? <laughs> right. The and, fatigue and thing be, again, too. Yeah, and that can be a difficult thing for for all of us, not only – not only those that are cancer patients, but, you yeah. know, the cancer caregivers and the rest of the family because, you know, we and they are used to this person before they got sick. Yeah. Yep. And this person acted this way or, or was, uh, you know, took every invitation, went to every party. Yes. Uh, all those things that they were known for. Uh, big eater. I, I was a big eater. Man, I love my food. Um, and now it's not quite that way anymore. 
you know. Yeah, it's not the main focus. Right. So we have to learn somewhat as patients to manage our own expectations, understand that people are used to seeing us a different way. Yeah. So what, when they ask you, is that all you're going to have? That, that doesn't mean that their their concerns are not eating. It's just not what they're used to seeing. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, and we have to look and say, okay, maybe we can't do three parties today. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're going to just do one good one. <laughs> yeah, and everybody that you know just has to understand. Right. And the bigger your family gets, the more invitations you're going to have, and especially if there's divorce in a family. I've already had family members that were talking about, well, i got to go to my mom's and and her new spouse. Sure. Then I got to go to my dad's and his new spouse. Right, and, right. And then I want to have it myself, and, and Grandma wants everybody to come over. And right, right. So, you know, learn to give yourself a break. Don't don't push yourself. Everybody else is just going to have to. I can actually remember staying home on a right. Thanksgiving yep. when everybody else went to the Thanksgiving dinner. Right. And I just said, I, I can't do it. And so I stayed home by myself and probably slept most of the day. <laughs> Um, but th- if there's a, if, if you feel that way, and it wasn't because I didn't want to see people or I was depressed or anything, I was just too sick right. to go at that time. Right. And that, that's okay if, you, if you're that person. It's okay to do that. It, you know, I stayed home. They brought me something back when they came back. It wasn't like they were gone for 24 hours or anything. Right, right. And uh, that's okay if that, it gets to that point where you just, you know, don't use that as an excuse not to do anything. Right, right. I just don't feel good. But that's a lot to, you know, that's a lot socially when you're in that situation with your family and friends and everybody's talking and it's busy and you're not feeling good and you're trying to sit up and maybe you, you, you get a little bit of buzz from the emotion, everything that's going on, and then you start to leave and you get home and you're like, oh, I'm exhausted. Right. Why did I stay so long? Right, right. You know, it, it, it's hard to put that limit on yourself, but you have to try and ju- you know your body better than anybody and you have the right to decide when you go, when you go home. What you eat, that's up to you, and everybody just has to go along with it. Right. Give yourself a break. Yep. We've just had uh, uh, one of my one of my former favorite neighbors uh, from my old neighborhood, and I, I'm not going to put your address on here, Jan, because your house <laughs> will get loaded up, but I'm here to tell you, when they do this holiday thing they do every year, it's legendary. I mean, they cook. You can't imagine the amount of food that they, that they have. And they open it up to so many people to come no in and kidding. enjoy all this stuff. I mean, I, I, if it wasn't that I was an hour and a half away, <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> keep me away. Uh, so, again, Jan, I'm not going to put your put your address on, on the air here, or, the, or you'll have people from all over the country at your house. But thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. So also talking about, uh, you know, limitations and expectations at, at the holiday season because yeah. it's a tough thing to do. I remember yeah. – you know, one of the big things at my house is uh, putting up the Christmas tree with uh, with my granddaughter. And I remember last year, I just I didn't really have the energy to yep. do it. Yep. And uh, it, it wasn't I didn't want to be involved. It was I, I just didn't have the energy. And, you know, that's one of those things you feel guilty. We sit there right. and feel guilty because yep. this is something that has been a part of the holiday season. Um, and then, of course, you have you, you have my granddaughter's like, well, well, you know, Grandpa, what up? You're not gonna, you're not gonna <laughs> help. <laughs> Get off the couch. What are you just it, laying there? Right, right. So, <laughs> uh, again, you, you, the things are different a little bit. Uh, doesn't mean it should change anything. It doesn't no. mean it should be less fun. 
It just means that it's different. It's just different. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be able to do it next year. Right. Right. So you got you know you got to realize when you're cancer, you have to live in the moment because that's all you. Uh, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Also, uh, thinking of that was can't make plans. A it's lot of hard times. to. Boy, it's hard. Very to. difficult to make plans when you don't know how you're going to feel. <laughs> I, you know, a lot of people start planning stuff six months out. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, I don't know if I'm even going to be here in six months. Right. <laughs> when you're dealing with this thing. Right. <laughs> it's hard to plan vacations. It's hard to plan a lot of stuff. Yeah. And the holidays are the same way. You you know, maybe our house is the one where everybody used to come to, but I'm not feeling so good now. And maybe we should change plans and they should go somewhere else this year. You know, it, it, it's okay to, to do those kind of things. You don't have to be, I, I imagine, especially if you want to prepare everything every year. Now all of a sudden you're sick. Right. You know, between last Thanksgiving and this year and you can't do that. And the others don't know how because you've been doing it all your life for them. <laughs> um, that can be hard on a person. You start feeling guilty that you're not making that meal. We're we're all defined by what we do right. a lot of times, and it, and it's and it becomes a difficult choice to manage those yeah. limitations. Yeah, it's like you know, you think to yourself, well, I usually make the meal. For example, I it's yep. what I do. It's what I know. Everybody knows I'm going to do it. Yep. Well, now I can't do it. Yeah, and now. It's not. It's just as bad for us saying we can't do it as it is. How many of these family members am I letting down? <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. becomes a guilty problem That's what too. It, yeah, yeah. That, so. that guilt again coming back into the stupid thing. Right, right. Which is not in common. So give yourself a break. Don't you know? You, you may feel like you want to do it, but if you're not sure how you're going to feel, give other delegate that responsibility to other people. There's nothing wrong with letting people help you. Have everybody come over that day. You can still kind of oversee if you want. But let them do the cooking. Let them help you do that. It's it's no slight against you. Like my sister always told me, if you don't let other people help you in the way they know how, you're not helping them. Right. And as caregivers, we don't know what to do. And I'm sure if you're the person that made that meal, you got a lot of family that would love nothing better than to come over and make that meal for you for a change. Right. You know, even if it's at your house so that you don't have to leave or go anywhere. Um, so there's ways to get around this thing. Right. Um, Another thing I wanted to touch on is at the holidays, and we don't want to spend a lot of time about it, but it's something that you got to deal with is the grief or the loss of a loved one right around that time of year. Sure, and let's come back to that. Let's, yeah, uh, we're, at the, say. we're at the bottom of the yep. hour, we, so we want to get uh, we want to get the bills paid. We want to yep. say thank you to our sponsors and to our friends. Uh, uh, of course, uh, our friends over at uh, PDI Medical, uh, they're a medical cannabis dispensary. Robbie is pointing everything yep. right there. Our our friend, Dr. Joe Friedman, Joseph Friedman. This is one of the uh, one of the rare exceptions in Illinois that mm -hmm. it is a pharmacist owned and operated. It may be the only one. It it's might be the only one. I, I owned and operated. Correct. So what that what that means is not only are you getting what you're what you're looking to get, what's going to help you, uh, but you have a professional, medical professional, making sure it's not something that's bad for you. Yep. So, you know, see our friend uh, Joseph Friedman over there, PDI Medical. He'll he'll get you set up with what you should have and the stuff that will not hurt you. And that's at 224-377-9734 if you have any questions. 224-377-9734, PDI Medical in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Right. Our friends over at Natural Therapy Wellness Center, they're yes. at 815-385-8190. Uh, massage therapy, reflexology, acupuncture, Thai yoga massage as well as cancer massage. Uh, give them a Very call. Very important. They will, uh, they will make your body feel a whole lot better, folks. Um, our friends over at uh, 
X-Tech, they, they keep this show powered up for us. When I hit the wrong button, which happens a lot, uh, they know how to fix it for us. They keep us up and running and getting this show and everybody else's show out to you. Uh, we want to talk about our friends over at Northern Illinois Windows. They clean windows one pane at a time. It's the holidays. You want, probably want to get those windows clean before everybody's at your house. Give them a call. <laughs> um, uh, well, my mind went blank for a second. Sorry about that. Mobile accounting. They will come out. They'll take care of your taxes. They'll take care of that, uh, that, that shoebox or receipt you got. They come out, and they'll straighten you out, get you back on the right foot. Uh, of course, we always want to thank our friends over at Two Ball Guys and Rancher Ron. <laughs> Uh, they give us this platform to get out and talk with you folks. Um, they've been here doing this for a while. This is a station uh, where we're, we're all about the positive and the hope, and that's how we fit into this station. So thank you guys for, uh, for giving us this platform. Yes. So back to where we were, Robbie. Yep. You were talking about experiencing loss at the holidays yes. due to cancer. We, uh, not the same month, but as an example, we have a lot of loss in our family in the month of September. <clears throat> My sister's birthday, which is a wonderful thing, but we but we lost her husband, uh, our father, an uncle, our grandfather, all during the month of September. Different years, um, our our father and our uncle were within ten days of each other, same year. Um, so that that's not a good month. That's a very difficult month for her, uh, for all of us, but mostly for her because of her husband passing that month. And that kind of ties in with December's the same way. If, if November, December, if you've had somebody who had fought this and you lost them sometime during those holiday periods, that can bring back a lot of sadness when the holidays start coming around. And it's not unusual to, you know, the best thing I can tell people is just embrace it. Don't shy from it, the grief. Uh, give yourself a break at the holidays. Let yourself, you're grieving all year long. You're not just grieving during the holidays. Just when it comes around that date, you, you're more aware of it. Right. And... A lot of people fight holiday syndrome anyway that, you know, just don't like the winter. Right. And to have something like this on top of it. Well, um, yeah. And, and I yeah. think, uh, and I'm no psychologist and don't play one on TV or anything, um, but the problem that I, that I keep hearing about and, yeah. and I've read about and I've heard people talk about is many times people don't take the time to grieve a loss. They're, we're in such a hurry to fix things and move on, yeah. you know. And then when the holidays come up, well, geez, I, of course I can't grieve now. It's the holidays. Yeah. I've got I've got parties to do. I got meals to cook, and I think we're doing ourselves a great disservice. Uh, a not taking the time to grieve, period, but especially in the, in the during the holidays because I think what would would routinely happen is if there is a loss during the holidays that is already going to be a bad memory going into the next right, year. Right. If you, in turn, don't take time to grieve that loss, that's going to multiply that problem at the holidays by tenfold. It's going to be fresh again yep. come that same time of year. Yep, yep. Yeah, it, it's hard to get by that, but you have to get in the right mindset. It, it is up to us ev eventually uh, how we perceive this thing. Uh, if there's certain things that you liked to do at the holiday, go ahead and do them. It's okay. If it's, you know, you and your spouse or your loved one that you lost used to go out and do a, s a special thing at that time of year, give it a try. See if you still have that same feeling. See if you still feel close to that person. Right. I know I started singing at karaoke at the hospital. 
uh, on Fridays. And I didn't never realize until I did it one day a few months ago how close I felt to my brother who was a singer and entertainer. And I used to love, I got so much joy out of going and watching him do that. Right. And I had that same joy when I got up there and would do that. It felt like my brother was right there with me. So instead of thinking about how much I miss seeing him do that, I just got up there and kind of kept his legacy going by by doing that. And it just made me feel really good to embrace that and not say, I'm never going to sing again or I'm not going to go watch anybody sing because I used to love watching my brother sing. Right. You know, that's not the way to look at it. Um, so j- just embrace that. If there's something that you'd like to do with that person, do that. If it brings up too much bad memory, then don't do that right away. Sure, you know? or, or ease into it. Or ease into yeah. it, yeah. It's, I, I, and, and, and that's cool that you said that. I mean, yeah. it's because it, for many people, that would be the exact opposite of what they yeah. expect or what they're told even. You know, you'll, yeah. you'll have people say, well, you know, my, my, uh, the person that I lost and I, we would love to go ice skating. And that yeah. person says, I'm never going ice skating again. Right. Or, or some genius says, yeah, well, that's going to bring up bad memories, so don't ever ice skate again. Right. And when they go out and they try it, sure, it's not going to be the same. But, but it triggers it those bring, happy memories, right, too. Right, if it brings back those memories, yes, yes. Uh, and if it's something you as a person, regardless of whether that was something you loved before or after that person, but gets you back to your own roots, right. that's nothing but therapeutic. Right. Yeah, and like I said, I feel like his legacy continues with me sharing that music with that he loved so much. Um, people, we ha- just have a lot of fun with it. I remember my brother saying, singing's easy, just live the song when you sing it. And he was just such a character, and um, I, I try to bring that spirit when I do it. And it, re- it was just really weird the first time I did it because I, I never had the desire to get up on stage and sing in front of anybody. I loved watching him perform. He was a true entertainer, and I always j- it wasn't a joke. He would take, like, five shirts with him to every show that he did because after a three-, four-set night, or after every set, he was wringing wet, and the more he sweated, the more people loved it. And... Um, so I just get up there and have fun with it, and I was just amazed at the feeling I got, the joy and, and pleasure I got out of doing that, knowing that it was something he loved, and people are still enjoying it. So, so don't get hung up on this little moment of physical loss when we lose somebody. Yes, we're going to grieve for them, but that doesn't define their life, and it's not going to define their legacy. I didn't let that end with my brother's loss. Um, I embraced what he loved, and without realizing it, it was really healing to me to do that. Right. I, you know, for a long time I avoided it. I didn't go and watch. Uh, my nephew's a performer also, and I didn't go for a long time because it would remind me of my brother, and here I'm avoiding the thing that I should have been doing all along anyway. Right, <laughs> but know? it was, I, I think that is probably, that falls under that the category of you didn't want to do it because it was painful, which means you were trying to deal with the grief, yep. and then when you did deal with the grief which had nothing to do with music yeah it brought you back to what was important which yeah. was the music yes yeah yeah it, it's just crazy you know you, the grief is going to come so during the holidays allow yourself to to miss that person don't shut out everybody else because that loved one is not here uh they are they are still here they're just not physically here with us we're not i refuse to let those people that i love and know um Their memory pass. And not continue their legacy. Uh, 
like I said, we all end up as memories at the end of this thing. Well, good, and good ones and bad ones. And absolutely, I'm not going to let there be bad ones. And that's and, and that's a great point. That's a and it's a tough point to get out, and it's going to be a tough point for all of us. The the thing about recalling our our loved ones on its surface, what has us what has what memories are going to come to the surface first every single time are the good ones. Yep, they're either going to be the really good or the really bad. Yeah. If they were really bad, it's not somebody you miss. Somebody you're glad no. they're gone. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. If it's if it's somebody that you miss, somebody that you that you truly loved, you're going to remember the smiles. You're going to remember the looks. You're not. You're going to forget about the things that you, that were troubling through the time because yep. those aren't important. What was important were those smiles and those looks and yeah. and, and those those little silly things that you did together. Um, and the, those and are the things yeah. that we keep alive. And the things that that person was good at. Right. My brother was good at entertaining people. He, people loved when he was on stage. And I get such pleasure out of continuing that legacy. You know, if I tell, we all have some kind of talent and passion and just put them together and oh, sure. Throw make me somebody, the spot, else, the only guy make the somebody else benefit from it <laughs> other than just yourself. <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm not thinking of a singer, but I just have a lot of fun, and people will see that, so they're up there having fun too. Uh, but I wasn't gonna let, you know, it, it end with that. I, I we all have more to life while we're alive and our legacy than that moment of physical loss that we all get so hung up on, right? When we when we leave this physical world, and in my mind, that no way defines who we are or stops who we who we are and what we're even gonna be still. Right. Um, yeah, I was just. I, ha- I was up there one day, and a guy asked me to ask me if I knew sitting on the dock of the bay. And I said, I, I've heard it a thousand times, but I don't know that song. I've never sang it in my life. And he said, oh, he goes, you remind me of a guy that we had. And uh, he goes, I was one of 200 guys that went to Vietnam and in a company, and five of us came back, and I'm the last one alive of those five. And he goes, we used to have a lieutenant that would sing that song every once in a while, get up. And we'd, we wore that song out in Vietnam. He said, we I don't know how many records we broke and wore out. And and uh, playing that song he goes and the guy got up there and sang a beautiful version of it one day and you kind of remind me of that guy he was big like you and he goes i wish you knew the song well i had to go home and learn that song that week well I, sure you know, now you're on the spot it, uh, yeah it, plus i just felt so humbled and honored that he asked me that you right know? It, it, he he was dealing with that grief still of right. being the only one that came still alive and being one of five that came back from that mm-hmm. and if something uh, again that just shows you the connection because of my brother's love of music he inspired me to do what I did, which in turn inspired that guy to ask me that. Right. To, you know, and if I had just let, had not let music into my life because it meant so much to my brother and I lo- no longer had my brother, I wouldn't have been able to bring that joy to that guy. Right. So you just you just never know. Don't, don't let a person's talents or passions die with them. Right. You have them, get out and share them with people. Well, and that's, and that's, Kind of goes directly to what I, what I said, and we've all we've all heard this, and I believe a million percent that it's true. We are, we never remember what somebody said to us. Uh, we don't remember the words. What we remember is how those words made us feel. Yep. So, in the example you just gave uh, uh, about this gentleman hearing sitting on the back of the bay in yep. Vietnam, it wasn't the song. It was no. not the words of the song. It's how he felt on yes. the delivery of that yes. song. And yeah. he was trying to recreate it through you. And I, I asked him when I said, I hope that didn't bring bad memories to you. And he goes, oh, no, no. He goes, that brought nothing but good memories. Sure, sure. 
So you just never, and like I said, if it hadn't been for my brother's love of music, I, I never would have had the desire to get up there at karaoke and do that at the hospital. Right, right. So you just never know whose life you're going to touch by what you do or by what talents you have. You know, it, like I tell people all the time, if you have talent, share it with people because when we die, if we don't, that talent dies with us. And I'm going to go a step further as a guy with no talent. <laughs> Even if you don't have talent, if you have joy, spread that. Yes, yes. So if you sing off key, let's say, and I'm not saying that's me. I'm just not, all right, it's me. <laughs> but you know what? I'll bang that song out loud. Uh, and proud. And as long as, w- as long as we're getting a chuckle over it. That's right. Then I've accomplished my goal. That's how I look at it. We're, we're here to spread joy in life. And the holidays are one of the best times to do that. You know, all year long, every one of our families is going to have tragedies and joys. And right. that's just part of living. And I think the holidays are a chance to reflect back on that and see how that went, that year went. And did we lose anybody? And if we did, how can we continue their legacy? What can we do to make that person's life still meaningful? And to, to me, that's, what, that's when cancer loses is when it doesn't stop that person's purpose or their impact in life right uh, and and sharing talent is one of those things i i'm talking about the singing thing but if you could just hear some of the people that come through that hospital uh on friday afternoons at 1 30 for karaoke it, it is amazing the cultural influence the musical the spiritual influence and the songs that they share with us in the talent that they have it's just amazing sometimes i just i'm so blown away sometimes by these folks that get up there and i don't know if it's the cancer that brought it out in them the the passion and the emotion that they have when they do it but it's just an amazing thing to see Uh, and if you guys wherever you're wherever you're going to for treatment if they're not offering (laughs) karaoke or some kind of music program get on them about it and have them do it you'd I guarantee nobody's sitting there thinking about cancer and pain for that hour that we're doing that. Right, and I you know? and I have been there through that, yeah. and and yeah. you know while I was treating and even afterwards. Yeah. And here's what I'm going to tell you for people who have not been over there, and I suggest. I mean, if you're in the area, go yeah. go to CTCA. You don't have to be a patient to show up there. Nope. Go to CTCA at one o'clock, and and watch. Just observe. You are talking about people that are facing the hardest fight they'll likely ever yes. fight in their life. Yes. And they are smiling and singing, in many cases crying, Yes. in many cases wearing oxygen, wearing hats because of chemotherapy, but they're happy. They they are full of joy, and you can feel it. And half of them are like me. They can't carry a tune in a big bucket, but it doesn't matter. matter. It's not about the song. It's about the delivery, and the delivery is in joy. They're being joyous. I've seen a patient standing up there with the the pole and the IV bag hanging up singing a song. They could care less. In their mind, that pole wasn't even there. Right. So When you go experience that, and and this is one of these these things that I'm very uh, excited to talk about, and I'm excited to put it in another connotation, too. You know, when I say I, I've witnessed this and I, and, and I ask that you do the same, if you have somebody who is fighting cancer, uh, or even if you don't, if you want to kick in the pants, if you want to realize that the, uh, the, the, the fender bender that is going to eat up your deductible is not the end of the world, <laughs> or that your, uh, that your kid stayed out past curfew but got home okay, 
what I'm getting at is we can look at these people fighting the fight of their lives, yeah. being the happiest they have been all week during that hour. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if that doesn't put life in perspective, I'm not sure what would. It's an amazing feeling uh, when you see the joy that people have in, in sharing that. I remember my brother saying how joyful he was when people would get up and dance when he was singing. He said, oh, you just don't know how feeling that, that when, when you did something that somebody just felt so good they had to get up and dance. And one day a couple got up and started dancing at the hospital. And I felt that joy. It was just crazy to, the, to see them, that you, to know that you did something that made somebody so happy that they had to get up and dance. Right. You know, it was just, and I get so much from it because of my brother. I really feel like my brother is right there with me at that time. And I, I carry that spirit with me all the time. I, I love Christmas. I love the fact that people go out of their way to do to be kind, uh, you know, to each other, maybe more than normally would during the, the year. Uh, but they seem to take that time and, and reach out a little bit. And I think that's what it's about is sharing that joy, being able to realize that, well, right now we're still here. And the last thing, if... If and when I finally die, the last thing I want people to do is sitting around being miserable about it because I did not do that while I'm alive. I, I spread joy and, and enjoyed joy every day of my life with the people that I was with and did my damnedest to make sure they were enjoying life also. And I don't want that to, to be the end of me. I want people to go out and do that kind of stuff <laughs> after I'm long dead and gone. That's what I want them to remember is that I got so much enjoyment out of making others smile and happy. That right. And, and, and that's kind of the thing, you know. We, uh, we, we look back and say, wow, what will they think of me? And, <laughs> you know, do you want them saying, you know, you remember that crazy SO whatever, <laughs> how he would, he, he would hit that microphone and everybody in the place would be smiling? <laughs> or would you rather hear, guy sat on his hands, wouldn't go near the microphone, doesn't even like music. I don't, which, even, I don't even remember which who he one was. Is, yeah, <laughs> which one is going to be the longer conversation? Yes, yeah. <laughs> and the memory. And and I've seen people that didn't want to get up there and sing, and I'd get up there and sing. I'm not a terrible singer, but I'm no way the kind of singer my brother was. And and then they get up there, and they have a beautiful voice. They just right. were afraid to, to afraid get to out in out. front of somebody and do that. Right. And like I said, when you said about shaking that mic, I think I've almost broken my mic stand that I brought in from home. <laughs> it was my brother's originally, and I found it at home one day. I thought, oh, we could use this in karaoke. And uh, I bang that thing around when I'm up there. I get excited and singing them old rock songs that he used to love to sing. And uh, nobody's thinking about stupid cancer and pain when we're, when we're having fun like that. Right. And the holidays should be the same way. If you think there's not pain and suffering at that hospital every day, even though there's a lot of joy... Right. There's a lot of pain and suffering going on at that hospital, and there's loss that goes on at that hospital. Um, we're not immune to that. We're not the, the end-all and cure-all of the cancer treatment and care. We, we lose people, people at the place we go to also. Um, but those times in between, we're not just sitting there thinking about what's going to happen, how bad is it going to be. We're doing everything we can to have fun and live life and enjoy life that's why we say we're this show's called not done yet we're not dead yet we're still enjoying life and we want people to get out there and do that during this battle because eventually that battle is going to end and you're going to go back to being with your family or you're going to go home with your maker one or the other and you want it to be a good thing either way so just right you know enjoy those holidays give yourself a break don't be so hard on yourself let and others help you 
Right. And and here's and here's the thing. And sometimes I think we lose sight of this. Um, you know, we get so overcome by the loss of somebody, and rightfully so. Um, but sometimes yeah. we get angry. We, you know, why they have to go? Well, I, I said this the other day about uh, you know loss of something, and I, and I and then it hit me. It's like you know that's true, and I believe this to be true, and that is this. This was never about an eternal contract. Right. This was about a lifetime contract, and we don't know how long that lifetime is. So what do we do? We we make the best of that time. That's the idea. Yeah. Yep. All right. We wanted to go over a couple of things here that they that some of the articles that we printed out. Um, like I said, I don't really like reading off of sheets, but I did want to make sure that we covered as much as we could. And here's twelve tips for coping with cancer during the holidays. It's basically just going over a little bit of what we talked about. Uh, you know, reframe your expectations. Don't think I'm going to go in there and cook this meal like I did last year, even though you can't hardly get up and go to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> you know, give yourself that break. Take care of yourself first. Try to reduce the stress. Holidays are stressful enough with people. Another thing I wanted to touch on real quickly is, um, well, it, it's one of those tips in here, so we'll get to those. Uh, remember your dietary restrictions. You know, maybe every year you sit down and eat half of that turkey breast and a big spoonful of potatoes and all everything else and two pieces of pie, and maybe you shouldn't do that this time around. <laughs> know your own limitations to, to your health. You know what you can eat and what you can't when you're going through this. I'm sure, Tom, yours had to, like you said, it was a whole lot different than what you normally did. Yep, yep. You know, um, ask for support if you need it. Don't think you got to do everything yourself. Got to clean the whole house like you did. Get all the meal ready. If you still are going to try to do that, ask people for help. They they would love to help you do that. They don't know what else to do. That's one of the uh, next thing is accept kindness from others. Um, my sister, my son always wanted to cut the grass for me. Never wanted to go to the hospital, but always wanted to cut the grass. And I didn't want him to because I could still do it. And she said, you're not helping him if you don't let him help you. That's the only way he knows how to deal with. So maybe those friends of yours or your family coming over and helping you get the house ready and hanging decorations and stuff like that that you normally do yourself, let them do that if that helps them. Here's a big one. If you're struggling financially, scale back on the gifts. Forget about all that stuff. This is not a, a an easy financial thing to deal with going through cancer. No, it I is mean, not. I mean, it can wreck your finances, finances in a heartbeat. Um, so, and it's not about that gift that you're giving anyway it's just the joy of giving a gift is what it is and don't be afraid to say hey folks this year this is what's going on so it's yes. not going to be what maybe you're used to exactly and people will understand oh. they will understand and if any every one of us that have been through this knows how difficult financially it can be especially if you're knocked out of work and you're the the money maker or the supplier or both of you are and one of you can't now that makes a big difference you so bet it don't does. don't focus on you know, how and much at the end I of the give? world, at the end of the day, yeah. they are more. They are going to be more excited to spend time, time with you, with you yes. and get something they're going to yes. forget what it was next year. Well, I couldn't. I can't buy anything this year, but I can spend some time with you. Right. You'd be amazed at how many people wanted to hear that. Right. If you if you are still planning on doing the shopping and doing stuff like do a lot of online or buy gift cards. Let let them pick it out for themselves later. Every, everybody loves doing that. Um, but don't don't break yourself trying to to do what you did before and go all the places that you used to shop and you know if you used to get up at three o'clock on black friday well 
maybe this year you're gonna have to wait till nine or ten. That that, that don't that ain't right. I don't <laughs> care what your health is. Yeah, that's, that shouldn't be there. There, in the first there is place. nothing you need that early in the damn morning. <laughs> uh, take regular breaks, whether you're the patient or the caregiver. Either one. Give yourself a break, caregivers. Please, please, please take care of yourselves. You're gonna <clears throat> you're gonna make yourself sick worrying about this person that you love that you really can't do nothing about other than be there. Um, so give yourself a break too as a caregiver. Express your feelings. Don't you miss dad? Don't you miss sis? It's okay. We all we, we all do. I miss Greg, my sister's brother-in-law. I miss my brother. I miss Wayne. I miss my dad. Um, but I express those feelings. I don't just keep those inside and, and hold them in. They're just going to fester and get worse the more you do that. It's just like with the grieving. If you don't go through that process. Yep. And, and talk to other people. If you're not a talker, start easy with them. Just start with somebody that's a good listener. Don't, don't you know, keeping it in is the worst thing you can do. So express those feelings you're having. And be patient with yourself. Uh, you're not going to go at the same pace. Maybe, you know, I used to get that whole thing done in four to six hours, that meal. And I tried it one year after treatment, and it took me almost all damn day. And I was sorry that I decided to do that. Right. You know, it was stupid of me to, to make that decision in the first place to do that, but I was going to do what I always did. It <coughs> didn't quite turn out that way. So be patient with yourself. Don't don't get too frustrated that you're not keeping up. Let somebody else take over. I can't, you know, my hand's hurting from stupid neuropathy. I can't mash these potatoes up like I did. Let somebody else do it. Uh, and toast to the year that you just went through. If you're here at the holidays, you still made it. Right. That's a great thing. Yes, uh, it is. Whether, whether we have cancer or not, to be here another year and see another holiday is an amazing thing. And to be able to do that. Uh, and the Christian holiday is basically about recognizing the gift of giving. You can give a lot of yourself without giving a physical gift to somebody. You can say to somebody, you know, when I'm feeling better, I'm going to have some time on my hands. And I want to spend some time with you. Think of something that we can do together when I'm feeling better. Sure. That's a great gift to give somebody. That lets them look forward to you being with them. Right. I just came up with that. That's a pretty good idea. I, I like kinda it. I like that one. Yeah. I like when it. I, and that gives me hope that I'm going to get better. Right. When I get better, we're going to spend time together. Yeah. We're going to go fish. We're going to go play golf. Well, it doesn't matter. Yep. It doesn't matter what yep. it is. And you can give that to everybody you know if you want. <laughs> it gives us all hope that you're still going to be here when that time comes. So. Right. Um, so those are some of the tips that they talk about with, with uh, Christmas. We know it's going to be difficult for you. Just sit back. Let the flow go. Don't try to do everything yourself like you always might have done before. Um, there's a time and place to everything. And like the Bible says, there's uh, to everything there is a season. And uh, if this is this season, if it's your turn to just enjoy the holidays and watch everything that goes on, do that joyfully. Be thankful that you have the opportunity to, to do that and that you have enough people in your life that care enough about you to want to help you do that through that holiday season. So we just absolutely, yep, good stuff. Want to say uh, want to say hi to uh, Martha Robinson. Martha, uh, how you doing? Glad you joined us. And Robert Cartwright, and our friend Corey. Corey, good to see you, ma'am. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate all you being here and listening today. You we, betcha. Uh, we bet you betcha. We yeah. We we have no reason to do this show except for you. Yeah, <laughs> we're it's you guys that keep us doing this. Uh, the fact that you're sharing it, the fact that you're watching it, the fact that you're uh, sending in comments and questions. That's why we do this show. Yep. Uh, it, it, we've said it before. We, when we started, this is your show. This is just us talking and, and getting the ball rolling. 
So that being said, we're about to uh, to end our hour here. Thank you again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Yes, we uh, do. You know, uh, check into some of these these links concerning pancreatic cancer. Yeah, I'm going to put some more up there on that, and I'm going to put some also for the uh, coping with the holiday season links also. Absolutely. Uh, this and afternoon when we get done with the show. You betcha. And when we, uh, if you're if you're experiencing issues like that, you just want a sounding board. You want just some. Give us a yell. We're here. Suggestions.